I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Enjoyment of your job and enjoyment or skill in what you do is not an automatic discount code applied at checkout. Like it, it just doesn't exist. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 89. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about something that is super important for entrepreneurs. Uh, we're chatting about common mistakes that creatives make with their pricing. And mm-hmm. we have an expert coming on the show to talk about it with us all the way from Australia. Mm-hmm. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? So I have picked up a new drink um, mm. over at the local liquor store. You know, I kind of have like, I've been like rotating through like my regulars, you know, like yeah. Lover Boy and the White Claws and all mm. that. But mm. there's this this drink I found. It's from Coastal Cocktails. This is not sponsored, but it's it's a canned cocktail that has gin in it. They call it the Gin Blackberry Bramble. And it's a little stronger. And I am normally drinking. It's a 7.5%. So if you feel like you really need to, uh, if, if you're having a bad day, this is a great drink for you. Um, you're having a bad day. Well, it just so happens that I, speaking of Blackberry, I am drinking the White Claw Blackberry. I know. So it's you're... very strange that we both decided on that today because that was not organized. Well, we should preface this by saying that we're actually recording this in the afternoon. So you're yeah, actually yeah, having yeah. a beverage as well. So yes. And a sure. white claw. George, my husband, would be very proud because he is the white claw connoisseur. The white claw connoisseur of the Boston area. I know. I know. And yeah. I and now I think we're gonna have to have a chat about this. He and I maybe we'll do our own podcast episode <laughs> at some point. We'll love on that. The beauty of white claw. Well, okay. <laughs> All right, we're we have a very big show to get into, so let's get into it with our discussion with Jasmine Paris Ram Paris Ram all the way from Australia. Jasmine Paris Ram is a self-proclaimed pricing queen and design superwoman. Her love of teaching pricing was born out of necessity, often having confused creatives slide into her DMs, wanting to know how to price with confidence and clarity. This total foodie launched her online course, Easy as Pie Pricing, this year. Jazz says that almost every creative she's ever met is discounting their worth before they even serve their genius, and she's passionate about changing the recipe for success. Jazz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you all the way from Australia. This is our it this was is a- the first for us. We haven't had a guest <gasps> from Australia yet. It's really? We had somebody in Paris. Oh, not Paris. Um, southern Southern France. I think that's the farthest we've gone. Uh, okay. So yeah, awesome. this would be our first. Yeah, you're you're living in the future right now. Look, for us. I will let you know for the, us. the future is about the same. It's it's just about the same. Um it's uh and also I, I probably need to get this out of the way. Um good day, uh kangaroos, uh like <laughs> mate. any other Australian mate, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. but then again, um I have a small dog named Chorizo and we call him your mate. So we call him mate all the time. So I am very much an Australian cliche when it comes to that sort of thing. But now that we've got all the Australianisms all out of the way. All the way. Well, now we're going to start with our kind of thing that we do. This is awesome. cocktails and content creation. So we must start off with what are you drinking, even though it's eight o'clock in the morning for you over there and it's six o'clock the day before for us. Look, if it was six o'clock the day before for me, I would be <laughs> having one of my own uh, self-pour margaritas and you know they are not legal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> free pour is a thing. Okay. Um, we, were, we were chatting just before um, we started recording and uh, saying, oh, is the, the legal age 21? No, 18. We start young, my friend. <laughs> Um, but right now it is a flat white with two sugars and just to try and get me started for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you did wake up early for us and we do appreciate that. So, well, now that you've just downed part of that coffee, I know, I yeah. tell, <laughs> tell it's going to be done. We, we gave a little intro about you, but tell us in your own words, your journey and what it is you do. 
Yeah, sure. So for those who haven't met me before, hi, I'm Jazz, pricing queen and design superwoman. I've been a design superwoman for about 14 years now, running my own design business. Um, And I always find that really funny of like, we work together. No, 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 no. It's just all of the voices in my head trying to put together some designs. It's you're looking at the entire like uh, staff membership is here. Um, if you see me sitting there staring off into the abyss, it's more than likely I'm having a staff meeting with all of the different voices in the head. <laughs> I um, feel that a lot. I yeah. feel, feel that. Yep. Yes. Ditto. Right. And so um, after 14 years of uh, being that design superwoman to mainly female entrepreneurs, I tend to be the person that they need to fly in, fix problems, and then fly away and they'll t- until they need me again, rather than hiring a full-time designer or putting the expectation on that they need to keep me busy. I'm there to come in, fix problems, and then wait in the sidelines until they need me again. And so um, after doing all of that for 14 years, um, also doing, you know, your standard uh, working in studios, I worked for companies like Rolex, Australia, um, Australian Open, did some stuff for Red Bull, as well as a lot of different other studios. And so about seven years ago, I went full-time freelance, took the face plant into freelance for the first year and kind of worked it out as I went. And then slowly have grown the business over the last seven years to be something that I'm not only really proud of, because I think that a lot of uh, freelancers sit there and go, okay, well, if I'm going freelance, I'm never going to completely make what I used to make. And I can confidently say that I make three times as much as I used to make when I was working in a, in a design studio. Um, but I also truly believe that I am so lucky to do what I do every single day and that every other creative deserves to feel this way. So that's why I started teaching one of the hardest parts of design. You know, we're taught how to use a brush and a pen tool and and all of that sort of stuff when we're doing design studies in college and, and for me it was TAFE. But they don't teach us how to put a price on that skill and put a price on that ability to be able to solve problems for our clients and our customers. And I really feel like if I can teach something as complex as pricing and then merge it with the enjoyment that is food, it makes things more digestible and understandable. And so that's pretty much me for the last year is being passionately spouting anything from uh how to discern, how to discern between value-based pricing and project pricing, how to start confidently communicating your value as opposed to getting all caught up in your own worth. And I just have found so much joy and happiness being, being able to help instill that confidence into quite a few creatives in the last few years. So it's pretty exciting. I'm very, very lucky and very blessed. Now, before, when we were talking before we even like pressed basically record you did mention your the difference between value and worth and you mentioned that just now can you explain a little bit why you're you know why you put different emphasize emphasis on the words yeah I mean I think that we've all sat in Facebook groups that see someone put up their rate that they're charging and then all of the comments are like girl you should be charging your worth charge your worth girl and it just gets it's just not. It's I can't stand it because when we talk about worth and we talk about value, they get really mixed up together and they're actually two really separate things. So when we talk about worth, it then gets mixed up with self-worth and your self-worth and what something is worth to you actually has nothing to do with the client because the client is searching for value. So what they want to see is actually a return on investment with you or actually see whatever you're creating generate money or generate um, understanding of their brand, generate any kind of future uh, a culmination of value. Whereas when we say something is, is it worth it, it's actually just talking about you. It's got nothing to do. One is business, one is personal. The two should not mix. That's such a good point. I just, it was just something that when you said that in our kind of pre interview, it really stuck with me. Um, okay. Well, now let's, now that we've gotten that all out of the way, 
let's dive right into it because you know what the mistakes are that we're making. So tell us, what are the common mistakes that creatives make with their pricing? Besides mixing those two things up. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's like number one, I think. But what else? So I would say one of the most common ones is that we price what we do like everyone else can do it. We sit there and we go, this is easy for me. But you've also spent however long you've spent refining your craft, getting good at what you do so that you can confidently put a price tag on it. And so we sit there and we go, oh, but it's easy for me to paint. It only takes me two hours. Well, it might take them 17 hours. Does that mean that now you're more valuable because of it? We sit there and we go, oh, it's. I, I feel guilty for like putting a price tag on something that I find easy, that I find that I have passion in or I'm passionate about. Enjoyment of your job and enjoyment or skill in what you do is not an automatic discount code applied at checkout. Like it, it just doesn't exist. It's something that you should be embracing and be proud of and then be confident enough to say, yes, because I can do this, because I have spent uh, a thousand hours sitting there practicing brush pen lettering while watching survivor marathons, that's still time that you've put in to refining and perfecting how good you are at overturns and underturns. It's still a skill. And so you want to take a skill, transform it into a service and then serve it so that you can sell it. That's so true. And, you know, I've never thought of it that way. And I do feel guilty sometimes when I'm watching TV as I'm writing. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) <laughs> because it I comes mean, it's easy. personal development. It's 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 mm-hmm. your own development, and you you're putting your you're putting your woman hours into working out how to do what you do and do it well. Yes, mm-hmm. you're investing your skills in the future service that you're giving to your customers, and they're probably coming to you going, "I can't do this. Can you?" Most times, not all, because we've all had the client that says, "Well, I can't. I don't have the software." Yeah, sure, that's that's a skill for sure. But, you know, being creative, having a creative brain, being able to solve problems in non-traditional ways, which is how I define a creative, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean a paintbrush. It can also mean a killer spreadsheet. It's however you solve the problem in a non-traditional way that makes you a creative. And that's something to be sold and to be uh, to be treasured and also to be valued by your customer. Mm. So it's it's really interesting that you put it that way because I've seen, you know, whether it's TikToks or Instagram posts or whatever talking about, you know, whether the, the customer comes to them and they're like, well, you know, uh, I want this, you know, blanket or whatever. And it's maybe it's a hand crocheted blanket and blah, blah, blah. And it just and, you know, the artist sends the pricing and they're like, what? I could do that myself. But OK. All right. Do it yourself. But oh, I don't know how to do this. Can you teach me? Sure, I can teach you. It'll be this amount of time for my time. Okay. All right, cool. But you'll need the supplies. Okay. How much is that? Okay. So I'll need this, this, and this. Oh, and by the time it adds up, it's basically their pricing. And then they finally get it. They're like, oh, okay. I'll just, you have you do it. Because I don't yeah, want to, yeah. I don't want to have to take all the. And then like, if they're like, not good at it, they end up spending more yeah. because they're spending spending more on the person teaching them how to do it. Oh my God, so much wasted both time, effort, energy, and money on, you know, and you, if you're anything like me, you try something sometimes. There's there's some particular things that I've tried for like an hour or two and I'm not immediately good at it. So just quit everything. Um, and then you end up going back. I actually had a client of mine um, who came to me to do her. Uh, exhibition stand. So she was um, at a a gift fair and she was selling her wares. And so I designed what it was going to look like and I sent it to her and she approved it. And then I said, okay, and this is going to be how much it is to to make it because it was wood. I'm not a craftsman, um, but I would sit there and go, okay, this is how it's going to be going and putting it. She goes, okay, just charge me for the design. I'm going to go and make it myself. And I watched her on Instagram stories, like get angry with primer paints, get angry with wood, have wood warp, have have things like go wrong. And I watched her for the next week and a half. And then I got the message of like, hey, 
So Hi, I'm <laughs> back. Tail between the legs coming <gasps> back to yep. Yep. We've all uh, had that happen. And it happens. It happens. And that's where it becomes really important as a creative to get really skilled at communicating what your value is and why it's valuable to them. It's all well and good to say, I'm worth lots because this is what I do and I'm amazing. Cool. How does that translate into their value, into what they value? And it doesn't always mean they value the cheapest price. So discounting your worth just to hope that you'll get the job doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually going to get the job. But it might even be that they actually value time saving or they value things being done right the first time. Working out what the client values means that you can then actually tailor the solution to solve that problem. And when problems are solved, it is incredibly valuable because, you know, how good does it feel to be like, okay, problem solved. I don't have to sit there and watch the the clock or on how many hours it needs to be, or I don't need to, like the client's not going to sit there and go, okay, is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? Like you, if you're able to communicate the value that you're bringing to the table, as well as like why it's valuable, that's going to be a way more important skill than being perfect at whatever you're doing. I think that's so true when, um, so I have a course that I teach other photographers. So I'm a photographer. I am a brand photographer. I used to shoot weddings and families and everything. And I have a course that helps other photographers go from shooting weddings, families, getting into brand photography. And when I talk about, you know, messaging and marketing themselves, and that's kind of what you're really talking about here is marketing Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. and providing that value. Yeah. And it's not really, you know, I tell people like nobody cares that their session is two hours and they get 45 images or whatever it is. Like, sure. They want to know like what they're going to get, but like, what is that really going to get them? Let's dig a little bit deeper. Like it's going to give them the ability to not have to worry about their website. Like you've got the images, like you're paying for Like what are, they're not interested in the features, like the features of your service. Like they're interested in the benefits. Yeah. Like what's the end result? What's the transformation they're going to see and that transformation and how you get them there. That's where your value comes in. But so many times people, you know, they, they struggle still, like they can understand exactly what value they're bringing to the table, but they can struggle with actually like being confident and charging that. And I'm sure you see this all the time where it's like, oh my God, I ran my numbers and I should be charging this. Like how in the hell am I going to, to, to charge that much? Like there's this like Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. So how do we get past those limiting beliefs and actually charge the value that we're worth, whether it's finding this value, like through one of your calculators or mm-hmm. they've done the numbers and they're like, I really need to charge X, but I, I just can't fathom charging that much. Well, that's when we have to take a step back and realize that we should not be pricing our services, pricing what we do based on our own wallets and our own back pockets because we're not our ideal client. Like there is so many other people in the world who are clients who have allocated budgets or monetary investment to invest in quality like yours, like the one that you are serving. So it goes back to when we are growing up, we are taught very early on that if you see a price tag on something, the first thing you always think is, can I afford that? And the thing that we're then doing when we're pricing what we do is we're trying to, we're inadvertently approaching it with the same mentality of, can I afford that? Well, it doesn't matter if you can afford it or not, because you're not the target audience. You can already do what you do. Therefore, you wouldn't hire you. That was nice and confusing. I hope you all followed that. Um, But you're not excellent. So, you know, there's if you're finding that you're scared about charging a higher rate to an existing client, find a client that will pay it because there is so many other clients out there that are going to be willing to invest in your value. And if you do want to um, increase your rates, but then still retain the clients and customers that you have now, then you need to start actually showing why you're more valuable than you were when you first did the job for them. So I, um, I've had 
a few students that were photographers as well. One was saying, okay, I, I've discovered that I now need to raise my rates. I went, okay, cool. Why? And she goes, well, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. One, I haven't raised my rates in about three years. Now, if you are a normal person in a normal job, you would get a raise generally each year to reflect inflation, but it might also be to award um, an increase in skills or just to have an acknowledgement that you are better than yesterday or better than when we first hired you. And so straight away, as a freelancer, you should be giving yourself a raise every, I like to say every year, because then it at least reflects inflation, but it should be as long as something has changed in your business. Maybe you've invested in new stuff. Maybe you've got this absolutely killer light that you know is going to make the quality of the result that you're delivering 10 times better. Well, straight away, if you didn't change your rates, you're then making less than you were before based on the value. So understanding that if you're investing in those sort of things, you're going to be more valuable. Therefore, you should be charging more. Now, the other thing that I see all the time is people basing their rates on everyone around them. They sit there and they go, okay, you charge this, you charge this, you charge this. I'm going to just squeeze in here. I'm going to just scooch in here in the middle because I'm going to do what everyone else is doing. Now, it may seem like, okay, that's a really good idea. At least you're like reacting to what everyone else is charging. But here's the thing. When people compare products, they compare features and benefits and they compare price. Now, if you're wanting to be compared to everyone else and your features and benefits don't add up or match up to everyone else's, if, it's, if your price is lower than a similar item, then you're going to attract a cheaper client and cheap prices attract cheap clients. And then you're going to have clients who sit there and go penny pinch, they, they watch the clock, they sit there and go, okay, well, you said that it was going to be two hours. We've been doing this for an hour and 30 and I want to make sure that I get everything out of this that I wanted and they become not your ideal client. Whereas if you then make it so that you are completely different in your pricing, but by completely different, by pricing yourself completely different, you have more scope and more ability to provide a better service than everyone else that might have been compared to you beforehand. Then you're sitting there kind of going, okay, rather than it being a comparison, the client is making a choice to invest in better. And if we can help our clients invest in better, because we're able to deliver on that, because we're charging the higher rates, then it's a really good way to kind of differentiate yourself. There's a, a dog food brand here in Australia called Leica, and all of their advertising is we are the more expensive dog food. It's because we put better stuff in. And then they start listing. They do this. They do the research. They've worked out what the certain ingredients are that actually help with this health and that health and stuff. So they have positioned themselves really firmly in we're expensive but worth it. And that if you can find a way to position yourself in that place, then you can corner the market that will value the expensive but worth it positioning. That all makes so much sense. But my, now my next question is what happens if you're just starting out? And you're kind of figuring out your offers, you know, you're, you've just decided I'm going to start this business. How do you price yourself confidently when you don't have kind of the backup, you know, the, the portfolio to kind of back it up or the extensive portfolio to back it up right away? Yeah, sure. Um, there's nothing wrong with starting small, knowing that you're going to grow. So don't expect to be charging $150, $200 an hour in your first couple of years because you don't know how to deliver on that value potentially yet. It might be You might be sitting there being like, oh, I, I want to be charging those rates, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. You'll get there. You just need to give yourself time and the ability to grow that knowledge because the worst thing that you could possibly do is charge really high and then not deliver and then get an upset client and then your confidence is shook. 
you want to be able to sit there and go, okay, for the first year or two, and this is most businesses, most businesses actually don't turn a profit in the first year or two, but for the first year or two, start with what is my like base amount that I need to make to cover my bills, to make ends meet, and a little bit left over for ramen. It's called ramen profitability. It's very common in the startup space. I didn't make it up. It's not another foodie thing. But, uh, <laughs> I was kind of wondering where did that come from? <laughs> so ramen profitability is really common in the startup space in that you make enough to make ends meet and you have leftover for cheap food like ramen. So in those first couple of years, you want to start off with, okay, how much do I need to make per week to make ends meet? When I first started out full-time freelance, I had like a a kind of year that I did part-time for for Rolex Australia. And I did that for a year where it was three days a week. And then the other days I would be developing my business. Now, back then, my hourly rate was much lower than it is now, but I knew that because of the expenses that I had for the week, I needed to make $600 a week for my business. That was it. And then whatever ended up on top was gravy. And I knew and I had to be okay with being where I was at that time and knowing that it will grow over time because my value will grow over time. So making sure that you cover your costs to begin with And then when you start seeing the fruits of your labor and things that are going well start to grow, then you can start increasing your rate relative to what the value that you're bringing is. So be okay with being at chapter one because you know that chapter 15 is in the horizon. You just need to start to start developing. So I have a question that sure. to follow up with this. So uh, I'm just using the photographer example because that's the space I'm really in. And so many photographers do what you shouldn't be doing, which is looking, you know, at what everybody else is doing. And I don't necessarily, I actually believe that it's not necessarily a bad thing to see what other people are charging oh, to make sure that you're not way off in the industry. And or way below. The last thing you would want is to start creating a trend where you're pricing too low and then it's just bad for an entire industry. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes you get hung up when let's say you go to a photographer's website and you're like, oh my God, these images are amazing. Oh my gosh, her website is beautiful. And oh my God, wait, but she's only charging this amount. And you like, you're like, how am I supposed to compete with that? Now I'm at the point where I don't care. I stay in my own lane and I'm confident in that. And I, but I've been doing this for long enough to where I don't, I I'm, I'm able to do that. But when you are starting out or you're in that startup phase, it's hard, hard not to do that. So what would you say to that photographer that says, how am I supposed to chart? Like if I'm running my numbers and making that ramen profitability and I need to charge this much and this girl's charging half of that, how am I supposed to compete? I don't see the for those of you listening, her branded sign just, oh, just fell wow. down. Wow, that's a that's a good moment. For that Lisa, a good question. I don't know if that's an omen or what, but we're definitely uh, keeping this in the show. No. <laughs> so oh when it all falls down, um, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> so what I would say to a photographer who's sitting there and going, "How do I compete with that?" Remember that you're not competing. You're not sitting there and trying, unless you are trying to do exactly what she's doing and deliver exactly what they're um, offering and aiming at the exact clients that they're aiming at, you're not necessarily competition. I believe that we all kind of need to have each other's backs in all of this and say, you know, hey, I just wanted to let you know, um, I actually think you should be charging more. These are the reasons why, and even if it doesn't, you know, actually impact or make it so that it actually happens, you've at least voiced that. And then you start sitting there and go, okay, what is she doing right? What can I learn from? And then how can I apply that to my business and create what I see as the difference? People, people like to find their own version of what's valuable to them. So if you can sit there and kind of go, okay, I like that she does this kind of style. I think I want to kind of do similar to that. 
I like how the way she's got her packages. I don't like the way she's priced this and I don't like that she's done that. So I'm going to take that as a learning experience and see what it applies to me and to my industry um, or to my kind of little corner of the industry. Um, Recognising that not every client is going to be the client that you attract and they attract, they're going to be potentially differing. So it's not necessarily that you're in competition with them, but you're sitting there kind of going, okay, how can I apply this to my business? Yeah, no, I really like that. I like that. I mean, that's kind of pretty much what I do and have done with my business is realize that they may be charging way less, but I am confident in my process and my process it delivers images that my clients rave about. Like I have a, a, a system in place that I know, I don't want to say guarantees results, but my clients and my testimonials reflect what I charge. And yeah. so I think for me, I find solace in that and that like that's where I go back to and ground myself with. So in terms of like, we're not competing, my process is different, like, and I position myself a little bit differently. And my clients do find value in that. And they give me testimonials to reflect that. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm a, so I'm a writer and I write blog posts for other, I, I have two separate pieces in my business where like on one side, I'm an influencer and one side, I'm like a freelance writer. And freelance writing, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but you can go to a website and get a blog post for like 30 bucks. Yep. Uh, Yeah. And that is not worth my time or my energy that I, I mean, and writing comes very easily to me, but you're, you know, and so when I have people approach me and I tell them my rates and they're like, well, why can I go to this place and I can get a a blog post for $30 and, but you're charging me this much. And I'm like, because you're not going to get somebody that knows SEO basics. You're not going to get somebody that's actually can nail down your brand voice and capture the exact like point of your article. You're basically dealing with a computer and that's it. And all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah. All right. Well, that all makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, but some of them don't even come back to me. They'll just go with the the $30 blog post. So, and they're not your client and they're not my like client. letting letting people leave. Let it go. That, that don't <laughs> that don't okay. serve you, that you don't serve them. Like See this this is almost gone and it's really affecting me. So. <laughs> just I'd be like uh, approaching it with the um mentality of mm-hmm. if you were sitting in a fine dining restaurant, right? And you were like, I want a burger. I want a really juicy burger. I, I could just go down to, to McDonald's and I could right. get a burger and I'd be happy. And right. I and it would it would serve everything for me. But you wouldn't get the experience. You wouldn't mm-hmm. get like the memories of yes. I can't remember a single time that I've been like, oh, I remember that burger. I remember that particular <laughs> burger that I got from Macca's on a Wednesday afternoon. Like, no, you remember the experience of sitting in the restaurant across exactly. from the person you you love or care about um, and experiencing the food and experiencing the moments and actually enjoying every single morsel that's there. Like it's not necessarily the time it takes or the ingredients that are in that, but it's the impact that it makes that is the value. Now, love that. I love everything you just said about that. Yeah. And so part of that, so part of that is like, yeah, exactly what you said, the experience and the, what you can offer in addition to just like the features, right? Like, okay, yeah, you get a burger. Nobody cares about the burger. They care about the experience. But, um, you know, so when we talk about developing our pricing, like, is, is there a formula we should be using um, I'm thinking like myself and the way I do my pricing is thinking about my my goals, my business expenses and all the things, but also like my lifestyle kind of ties into this too a little bit. Like, sure, like I need to make sure I can back it up, but like I'm not a high volume photographer. I do not want that in my business. I do not want that for my life, but there are photographers that are like, I can be high volume. So therefore your pricing is almost, can almost be less maybe. And and then for me, it's like, I want to shoot once, maybe twice a week. And that's what my pricing yeah. reflects. So is there a formula that applies to all, or if we need, what sort of things we need to be thinking about besides mm-hmm. just like our experience? 
Yeah. So um, I will jump into the formula in just a second, but what I will say is, and one of the most common things that I hear specifically about photographers, stop just charging for the time that you're behind the camera because Mm -hmm. there is so much more that you do. Like, You've got the time before, making sure that you're having the the right setup, uh, making sure that you researched the locations, all, the shoot all that sort of stuff. Going on, then yeah. you've got the on-site stuff where you've, you know, if you're a kids photographer, you've got the kids running around and you're like, how am I going to do this? Or you've got, you know, I had my wedding a couple of months ago and, you know, the photographer and videographer that I had had to kind of, you know, the, the gif where it's all of the calculations going around the head. Yeah. It was that because they had to like be at one house and then be at the other house, then transfer to where the ceremony was, then transfer to where the reception was. Yeah. It's massive. So there's a lot that's involved, not just behind the camera. And then once it's shot, then cull time, then edit time, then making all of the um, either the albums or the slideshows or the whatever it is that you serve as part of your service, it's it's all of that time. You're not just charging for, it's like, oh, it's a two-hour shoot. Sure, so you should be two hours. Please. Oh, yeah. If, no. it, was only, if it only took me two hours to do a two-hour shoot. I well, and that's and that's why an that's why my art my hourly rate actually looks very artificially high because if I'm shooting once a week, that's accounting for all the time in that week. So right. when people look at my hourly rate, they're like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, you're doing so much work behind, like not even yeah. like what do they say about being being a photographer? You're only behind the oh, camera. oh, I'm only like, behind the camera like twenty percent of the time. Yeah, the rest exactly. Of it's and like, there's all the the back end like I'm only right it's the same thing with writers I'm only writing like 20% of the time I'm also researching I'm also getting the information from my clients I'm also researching the SEO so like it's just just so much same with designers like how many times are you actually like on that iPad like actually sketching something out (laughs) do you know how disappointing it is looking at the like time at the end of a procreate um, illustration. You're like, oh, this took me two hours. No, it took me like 10 times that. And then the overthinking of like, mm, should it be slightly red or slightly green? Like it's yes. it's constant, all of those different changes. So mm. back to the formula. So the formula that you need to understand is at, you need at the very least to cover your time. And covering your time doesn't necessarily mean charging an hourly rate. It means knowing what the monetary value of your time is to cover your expenses, to adjust based on how much you want to work. So we can sit there and we can go, okay, um, we've got, you know, $40,000 of expenses over the course of a year and we want to make um, 60000 So it's 100000 that we need to chart, that we need to cover over a year. These are just numbers that I've picked out of it. But if we... The difference between having it 40 hours a week that we're billably charging for, so you're actually able to charge for those hours, is completely different to if you're doing 20 hours a week. So they're both going to be approached differently because you you just can't justify it either way. So you would start with how much do you want to make per year, add in your expenses, and then divide for the hour billable hours in that particular year. Um, Understanding that you are not billable and profitable 100% of the time. Even people who are employed sit around and, you know, stuff around and aren't exactly, you know, 100% profitable 100% of the time. So knowing that between 50 and 75% billable is actually pretty damn good. Um, And then knowing that number that is the result of that is your personal hourly rate. It is the dollar amount on your time. You then use that as the base for any calculation or any any project that you're doing. And I always recommend that rather than saying, okay, um, my hourly rate is $150 an hour. Okay, cool. But that's kind of like, you know, our string is uh, $1,000 per meter. Cool. Um, I don't know how much I need. And I don't know how much I'm going to need to go around this stadium 10 times. So understanding that, like, you know, it's it's an arbitrary number on your time. If you're wanting your clients to watch the clock 
and to track your time, tell them your hourly rate. But if you're wanting them to value the results, tell them the results and price the solution. So you might sit there and go, okay, my packages are this is what you get. This is the benefits. This is the examples that you get. This is kind of what the results are. And it has this singular number on it. It's not based on the hours. It's not based on the time, but you've calculated that number based on your time, based on what you know you're bringing to it. And then you probably like it, it feels really uncomfortable when you're first starting, but you do need to inflate for a buffer. You need to you know justify, okay, I probably need to um, say, for instance, hourly rate is $100 an hour. And I know that something's going to take me 10 hours. I won't charge $1,000. I will charge anywhere between $1,200 and $1,500 as a whole number because I'm preparing for if things go wrong, if things change, and mm-hmm. if, like, if the client comes back and goes, actually, we need to change something completely. It's always going to take longer than you estimate, right? Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on painting murals. I, <laughs> I, I have had times where I've been like, oh, yeah, it's going to take me a day. And there I am three days later being like, this was shit. Like, why did I do this? So, you know, calculate that you are going to be faster, so be slower than what you expect so that if you are faster, guess who's benefiting? you because you have like created that skill to be faster than you were thinking you were going to be and it is not greedy to charge that extra because that is value if you can do something faster it shouldn't be cheaper right so this is all I making love this I'm so happy we're having this conversation I actually have a pricing calculator included in my course and like nice. how to figure it out and it's it it I mean, without knowing like the way you have like your setup, um, it's, it takes into account your, the hours you want to work, the, how many, what's your business expenses. If you have no idea, I give them like a rough number of like, this is like, if you're just starting out, this is what you should put in there. Taxes, like all the things, how many days a week do you want to work? What does that look like? And then it gives them like their hourly rate because what happens, like I have my package pricing, but to your point, if I get like a weird inquiry where it's like, doesn't quite fit into one of my packages. I know what my hourly rate is. Like I know what I need to charge and I can use that as a base. And for me living in a very busy area with a lot of traffic in Boston, I'm like, Mm. it's going to take me a minimum to leave the house this amount. Like I am not leaving the house unless I'm making this. So I'm glad that like what I'm like telling my people is sounds very similar to what the way you teach, which is great. Absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've actually got a, a really wonderful friend of mine, Josh Ryan, um, who is a animator. And he says, um, my naps are valued at a thousand dollars. If I'd rather be napping, I won't do the job. I love that. I do too. Kate, you, to, lo- you love napping. I, I, I never used to, um, but then I had a child and I realized how much they help my life yeah yeah that's fair uh, nah, that's you know, completely not, fair. not just her not just getting her to like do what I wanted to do but even me taking a nap how much I enjoy it lately it's- and the, the funny thing is that it actually comes back to what we were saying at the very start of this episode which is like the difference between value and worth mm-hmm. this is when we approach things and actually ask is it worth it for me is it worth doing that so having a number in your head that you might change every once in a while. But if you look at a job and you're like, it's not worth so it. It's gonna, it's it's not worth it. It's 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 gonna <laughs> and take I've done you that. quite yeah, I I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that they're not worth it doesn't mean that they're not worth in general. It means that your particular setup skills, delivery method, anything that you are bringing to the table doesn't match what they're willing to pay. It's like playing snap. If they don't match, you keep going. Yeah. I I love how that is. I've always wanted to be one of those person that's like, I don't get out of bed for less than a thousand dollars or something like that. That's always been something yeah. I do, you know. Yeah. And I'll get there. I'll get there. Well, Someday. you've got your exactly. naps. I would start with your naps. Start with the naps. Say <laughs> that that hour nap time. I could be writing. And, and if you're going to pull me out of that nap, this is how much it's going to cost you. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. what other, um, what other resources do you have, uh, for people to learn a little yes. bit more about you? I know you have, I've actually been on your website. I know you have some like free resources. Tell us a little bit about what you have. Um, or if there's a specific resource you would like to direct them to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So um, anyone who wants to work out that calculation and have gone, oh, you're talking too much math, Jasmine, can you just do the math for me? Yes, yes, I can. So if you head to easiestpiepricing.com slash CCC, um, you'll be able to access the free pricing calculator that literally sets this whole um, whole calculation up for you where you can play with the sliders, work out and go like, I'm going to have a million dollars a year. Okay, well, this is how much you need to charge. But you know what? That's Um, actually a really good thing that some people don't talk about where it's like, okay, what's your your near-term goal? What's your long-term goal? And if your goal is a million dollars in let's say 10 years or five years or next year, put that in there and see what that looks like. Yeah, and you would then start being able to think, okay, if I, to be able to make this much amount of money per year, I need to be charging $500 an hour. Well, what does a $500 an hour service look like? And that's when you might actually look at other people and what they're delivering and what they're serving for that price tag who are in the same boat. And then you can start adjusting and changing the recipe ever so slightly to be able to deliver something that is worthy of that price tag that you can feel confident about delivering that is worthy of that price tag. Um, So yes, there's the calculator there. I also have a mastering pricing methods uh, freebie download as well, which is easiestpiepricing.com slash calculate. But if you just head to easiestpiepricing.com, there is a smorgasbord of lots of different things. Um, I also talk a lot about I have a blog that I talk a lot about different pricing approaches and different methods. And I actually had a um, a masterclass that I gave, which was the five, uh, it was called, oh, shoot, the five pricing mistakes you've probably made as a photographer. So uh, feel free to- There you go, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. So if you- I'm sure I've made all of them in my journeys, no doubt. (laughs) Maybe more than five, maybe more than five. I should see like if you're missing any, (laughs) because I probably made them. more than happy to share it with you. And the funny thing is that um, we are so used to mistakes being a bad thing. Mistakes are actually a really good thing because when we make a mistake, um, it what it does is it sends off synapses in our brain that does one of three things. It either um, creates a connection between two existing points it creates a new connection that it didn't expect, expect or it strengthens a connection between um, one that was already existing. Mm-hmm. So really it's making us stronger, making us better, I, making us more resilient. I've never I've never understood that until I had a child. And now I see when she makes mistakes and how she learns from those mistakes going forward. And now I look at my own mis- you know, I, It's almost like I've been able to give myself a little bit more grace when it comes to the mistakes mm-hmm. I make because I realize. I'm just like her, you know, yes, she may be three years old, but I'm also still learning from these mistakes as we go along. So that's something we should all remember. Well, this has been absolutely such a great conversation. I feel like this is one of probably most one of our most important conversations that we've had on this podcast. So I'm so glad that we got to talk to you. So you mentioned, so e- where can people find you? Is, is it easiestpiepricing.com or is there something somebody else where we should go? Look, if you want to head to the easiestpiepricing.com, that has got all of the buffet of resources that you can dive straight into. Binge, I don't mind at all. I'll give you a napkin if you really like. Um, but if you're wanting to have a, a, a chat, I basically hang out in my DMs of Instagram. You mentioned awesome. at the start that it's, you know, this was a really natural process of people just sliding into my DMs and being like, how do I charge for this? Um, so you can head over to your pricing queen on Instagram and I'm always down for a DM sesh. I actually have some of my students that are like, I need to rant about this client. I'm like, girl, I am ready. Got popcorn. You should start charging for that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and and, but this is, this is why they're my students because I'm already working with them. Oh. We, we have these, like, like existing um, relationships. But, you know, if you're ever wanting to start that conversation, start asking questions, I'll direct you to probably one of the resources that I have to help you on your way. But when you need that actual like pricing queen rah-rah at the back of you to going, hey, you've got this, this is why this is, you know, better approached in this way, DM me. I got you. It's amazing how many people need permission Yes. To like send that email with that pricing in there and they're yeah. freaking out. And it's just like, I've been stop overthinking it. Well, yeah. And sometimes Kate, you're like, does this, does this look great? And I'm like, 
I'll say fantastic. Jesse's like my mentor when it comes to pricing and all that. Any anything business because she started just a couple years before me. Because I've had those five mistakes, probably more. Yeah, for sure. And the, the funny thing is, and I'm, I'm going to leave it with like this particular line that like knocked me on, off my feet a couple of weeks ago when I saw it and I was like, ah, oh, that makes so much sense. Assume no one has problems with your pricing. If they do, they'll let you know. Exactly. Oh, that's so good. That, yes. They, yes. They will let you know. Trust me. That is that is the quote of this episode. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for waking up early with us. I'm so glad that we kept our day going a little bit longer and we day drank with you, basically, even though you had coffee. Uh, this has been amazing. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. So much. You have no idea how much this has helped me. Thank you. And so hopefully much. all of our listeners. So thank you. No worries. Thank you so much. And uh, have a great day, evening, wherever you are in the world. And you have a great rest of your day at nine (laughs) o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Well, as I said, it's a big show, guys. So Jasmine kind of summed up everything for us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. What do you think, Jesse? Are we good? Yeah, I think we're good. I think you guys need to uh, check her out. Check check it out. See what she has. Calculator going on there. Or resources. Yep. Know that you have value and that your worth is different from your value. And mm-hmm. you got this. I love that. You got this. You All got right. this. Well, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, where we hope we provide you with some value. You can also follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Co for passionately Kate and co excuse me for motherhood style and spo as well as travel friends Kate has had one white claw and she is <laughs> in the bag yep all right well I am Jesse Wyman you can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman photos or if you are interested in pivoting into brand photography you can follow me at the brand photographer method make sure to tune in next time for another fabulous episode of cocktails and content creation until then cheers to your next cocktail And happy content creating.